the whole, whole bag. This episode is brought to you by Coco Laveau. Coco Laveau is created by two female dermatologists. The Bikini Smoothing Cream smooths bumps in the bikini area from hair removal. Also, prevents and reduces ingrown hairs and lightens dark spots in the bikini area. You can buy at C-O-C-O-L-E-V-E-A-U-X dot com. That's CocoLaveau.com and use code H-E-A-U-X for $10 off. Follow on Instagram at C-O-C-O-L-E-V-E-A-U-X and tell them we sent you. We'd rather be here with us. And we're back. And we're back. Hello, guys. So we have Dr. Bay, Dr. Ross. I am Dr. Ross from Instagram in the house today. How you doing? You want to tell them about yourself real Uh, quick? First off, thank you, ladies, for having me. Absolutely. We're going to be a little bit ratchet today. I am a pediatrician in Houston, Texas. I have an Instagram and a TikTok that I'm majority known for, and my handles are I A M. Ross, so I am Dr. Ross. Um, that's really just it. I'm a two HBCU alumni, so I went to Howard for undergrad and then Morehouse School of Medicine. Hey! No other schools and didn't need to. I'm happy to hear that. So the reason why I wanted her on this show today was because one, she's my girl. Um, two, she. How do we meet through CC? The um, yeah, yeah, for like walk with a doc because like I do a lot of volunteering and then. We went out to brunch one day and she's like, I'm new to Houston. Like, and I was like, oh, I do Houston. And then we just started kicking it and she's been super cool. And I love that she's professional because you meet a lot of um, professionals from these illustrious, no, I'm sorry, these um, Ivy League HBCUs. And they're not as warming and welcoming as someone like me and Toya are because uh, we also went to an HBCU, but we just, you know, y'all, some of y'all peers could be a little oh, stuck no, up, you know. So I just love her energy and she gives back to the community and she's always giving people tips on how to um, go through med school, residency, and then stay, like, not code switch while she's doing her job. Like, she's always talking about being a black doctor or black clinician. So I just wanted you on this show because this is what we about, keeping it real, keeping it professional. Um, but before we get into you, we're going to get into black Twitter news. Amen. I'm here with the shit. <laughs> um, so I seen somebody tweet and I pulled this up because she walked in with her Howard shirt and it says college is a scam, but at least I'm getting scammed at HBCU instead of a PWI. So. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Amen to that. Facts. Um, and if you do watch all American, that is my freaking show. Oh my God. But they're doing a spin on, um, HBCUs. So mm. if you don't watch it, watch it. It's really, really, really good. Like super duper good. And that's all I got. I'm gonna have to definitely tune into that. So, so you tell us, so you, like, is there an issue in the medical field or in the hospitals? Cause like, I see a lot of y'all performing, like, I mean, post, posting pictures, like, um, when you walk in and they find out you're a black um, physician and then all you guys are, like either super happy or you posted that one where they were like, they would refuse medical care yeah. because you're black and we, we do not care. So like, what's, what's going on at, in the hospital? Girl, well, honestly, just be transparent in general. Let's be real. A lot of things have been going on, not just in the black community within medicine, but even the Asian community within medicine because of when coronavirus started last year. Unfortunately, that ignorant press uh, president we had and what he said. So unfortunately, discrimination has always been in medicine, but I feel like it's been more prominent from the ignorant president we had, and then with the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. it's just more prominent. And for the most part that I've gotten, I've actually really never is- experienced discrimination. I always get, I love having this physician. She's so mm-hmm. young. The parents or grandparents are like, look at her. She could do it. You could do it. Can you get her email? So I always get like encouragement and love from like the black community. 
and even the others, and let's be honest, the majority is like whites. Um, I always get love, but there are colleagues. The reason why I did that TikTok is because I've had colleagues to where one of my colleagues, we were talking about it last week, where he's doing residency up north and a patient, you're crazy. You're expecting up north to be a little bit more urban, modern, you know, accepting. And the patient was like, I don't want a black physician. And he was just like, OK. And so he was just like, all right, bye. And he, I was like, were your feelings hurt? And he was like, at first it was. But then I took a step back and I was like, that's one last note I got to write. That's one last order I got to do. That's one last thing I got to do. He was like, so I was done with everything for the rest of the day. And I got to sit there and just kind of relax at work. And I didn't have to be running around. And so I kind of wanted to touch on that subject with my Instagram and Twitter. I mean, TikTok is to understand the people that when you say those racist comments, I think back in the day, you really did offend black physicians because mm -hmm. we really wanted to help and care and that is our job mm -hmm. but nowadays we're really tired we're exhausted mm -hmm. from covid we're exhausted from it. the black lives matter movements we're just exhausted from a lot of things that's going on yeah. so if Peace. you do not want me as a physician you're not hurting me you're not hurting my feelings all that means is that's one last task i have to do we do paid. not care Period. Period. <laughs> Period. Like, no, because <clears throat> I used to care and I realized it's not, why is it for me to care? It's for that person to work on themselves, to work within their family, their True. generational curses, their own racism or prejudice. So it's not for me to work on. So I really truthfully do not care. I, you're one last note I have to worry about. One last thing I got to check up on. Hopefully I can get up on, on time now and I can go hang out with my friends. Yeah. I do have one other question, like, kind of similar to that, but as a woman, I know when they see a young woman, especially a young black woman, they probably assume you're the nurse and not yeah. the physician. How's that? How's that experience been? <clears throat> so I have an, ex uh, an example. So my intern year, so my first year of residency, I had, a, I'll say a Caucasian young boy. He maybe was less than like 10 and his Grandma was in the room and she called me the nurse's name. Mind you, we did look alike though. We had like the back ponytail, natural hair glasses, same skin complexion. So I can kind of understand like literally, it wasn't those okay. ones where you're like, you don't try me. <laughs> you know we don't look alike. We actually kind of did. But it's funny because I'm in peace. So with peace, kids are very observant. And they will tell you about yourself quickly. Oh, so yeah. my one experience that I had, the patient was like, Grandma, that's my doctor. That's Dr. Ross. And he corrected her. And it, like, Grandma got rid. <laughs> and I was like, don't you like Grandma? It's okay. It's okay. That's so so for the most part, that if I have gotten it, a lot of the kids speak up and they'll correct their parents. Um, and Honestly, where I'm at this point, thank God in my HBCU experience, I correct you. I said, I'm not the nurse. I'm the doctor. My, mm -hmm. my only thing I'm going to touch you with is a stethoscope. I don't do IVs. I don't do this. I'm like going to do an exam. I'm going to work you up. I'm going to push your orders in, and that's it. But I definitely correct people. But I, I believe like that. That's only because I'm so confident. I uh -huh. feel like if I would have went to PWI, to be honest, I probably will feel a little bit more intimidated to speak up for myself. But mm -hmm. I'm Howard and Morehouse bread. I'm like, who going to check me? And yeah, they don't play that shit out there. Especially now with Kamala Harris. Who going to check me? Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. So have you ever... Do you ever see people and you're like, yo, just be yourself. Like, stop code switching. Stop trying to front. Because I know I see pe my peers sometimes. I'm like, oh, come on now. The worst thing is when you can see someone who is two HBCU degree physician and they code switch as if they ain't never been to an HBCU or they don't even help out their colleagues who are black or minority just like them. That is like the most aggravating part that I think that I've encountered more is... <clears throat> It's not necessarily the code switching, but it's the knowing the timing to when to stand up, when to have their backs, mm -hmm. um, when to speak up. Um, and one example I have is, uh, for instance, I was starting a new rotation and one of my colleagues was like, oh, like before when you go into a new rotation, you hand off patients. So they call you, they give you the breakdown. And 
someone was like, oh, the attending's so great. Nothing to worry about. This is a black physician, mind you, HBCU like me. And time out, you're the attending. No, 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 no. I'm just one of the, I'm like one of the residents. Okay. And so he signed out. He's a resident too. He signed out me to patients and he's like, oh, the attending's so cool. Da, da, da. Then like 20 minutes later, I get my other patients from other colleagues and she signed out to me. And she's like, just to let you know, <clears throat> your other colleague asked us to do a pact to not tell you, but we felt like this attending was racist. And so it took for a non-black <laughs> colleague to break me down and prepare me for my first day. And exactly everything she said, she said to the male black colleague, she said exactly to me. But I was already, I was guarded. So I right. was already like, okay, boom, 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 guns out, who you talking to type <clears throat> right. of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy when you're dealing with black colleagues who could literally be on the phone. It's like, FYI, hey, they said yep. certain things that run me the type of way. But what you did is you decided to make a pack with another colleague that wasn't even black to say, hey, we're not going to tell this black colleague that's attending was racist. And I think that's unfair. And those are the people that actually really pissed me off because I'm like, you're not doing no justice to any of us. So you're not helping out your colleagues. You're not helping out yourself. You're not helping out the other generation after us. You're not doing nothing. But honestly, being like a queen. Yep. Nah, facts. Dancing. Facts. We said that on one of our yep. first episodes. I was like, because we both, we all went to HBCUs and like she works with black people, but mm -hmm. I work with a lot of white people. And I feel like the, when I see black people in the spaces that I'm at that didn't go to HBCUs, they're all like, oh, no, I need to be the number one blackie in here. And it's mm -hmm. like, yo, sit your ass down. Like, but he was to HBCUs. Oh, oh. And that's oh. the part that gets me as if you were not bred it. Oh. To not know better. Mm -hmm. You know better. And what you did, to me, I was like, okay, duly noted. So from then, I was like, I don't like that person. But you know, Damn. I was like, I don't care there's to talk a, to them. There's a lot of black people, though. You saying you know better. Sometimes they really don't. They get they get mm. there, they get them degrees, and they get out, and they have that protect mine mentality. Mm. So that's probably what it was. I'm coming here, I'm going to protect mine, and fuck all y'all. Truly. And I'm going to be the token blackie in here. And that was what... Yeah, and that's what they wanted. I don't see. So I hope you, it. Was, I hope it's worth it. Right. But to me, like at the end of the day, like that just means like I'll never trust you. So for the rest of our lives and the career that we're gonna be in in pediatrics, I'll never trust you. And y'all, yeah. and I, I assume it's like oh, not that many black PDs no. in the state of Texas. So like y'all are gonna run into each other all years the down the line all the time. That's crazy. And on top of it, we're HBCU degree physicians, so you're gonna run into them all the time. And then somebody's probably gonna introduce y'all. Do you know? Yes, I know that. I actually. <laughs> I just be like, nah, that person went to my residency program. And that's all I say. Or that person went to my med school. And I keep it pushing. Mm. I feel like I don't even want to associate with those people. So I keep it kind of cordial, minimum. And then let's be honest. Like, I got my own platform. So, like, yeah. I'm bigger. I'm no more. So I got to make sure that I'm watching out for myself. Mm -hmm. And what do I represent? So to even have to, like, go off and be like that coon. I'm like, it's not even worth it. That's why I, I just be like, oh, I saw them around. They were in the program. You know, I was focused on this. I was focused on doing my social media. And you just keep it cordial and pushing. But will I ever invite that person in my house? No. The person Professionalism at its finest because I'd have been like on the whole bag. Bitches. <laughs> okay. I'm seeing you coming to the elevator. I'm close, 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 close. See, I'm not you gonna do I'm not gonna do that, but I'm not gonna put my hand through to like to stop oh, yeah. it. See, that's what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push clothes. But with my shit closed, I'm just gonna look up and be like, dang. Take like, the stairs, buddy. So how did you get your platform? You were you always tell, tell the story about you being the million million dollar baby. So like how did you get your platform and where you at? And I just talk tell us about that. So that, my platform, I started on Instagram and it was my fourth year of medical school. So fourth year of medical students, what we do is we travel around the world 
pre-COVID, should sure, mind you, we travel around the world. Um, what happened is you apply to med schools, and then from there you travel around the world to the med schools, or should I say the residency programs you got in interviews at. Uh-huh. You interview there, and then from there you do a rank list. So I kind of showed my journey throughout being a fourth-year medical student, again, two HBCUs, and showing that I was still getting interviews at the top residency programs That's regardless dope. of yeah. where I went and obtained my degrees from. And that is what took it off. Because a lot of people were like, dang. Like, everyone always says, oh, you go to HBC, you're not going to get a top job. I'm really at <clears throat> literally within the top five pediatric program in the country, mm-hmm. or I was. Mm-hmm. And so for me, mm-hmm. it's that I had a, I learned that, and I took it out, and I showed everyone that everyone was interested. And then, again, let's be real. I think HBCUs, that little wave is coming on, and so a lot of people really do like hearing that you can't become physicians and still go to an HBCU Mm -hmm. because, let's be real, society has made it seem that if you go to an HBCU for undergrad, you're not qualified to do anything afterwards. Or your name, too, just because your name is Lakeisha Johnson. You're not qualified for this job. And your first name's Tiora, spelled T-I-O-R-R-A. That's not a traditional spelling. Mm-hmm. So I know that when they see you. Black. But she, look, she can stand behind it. Right. Surely do. That's who the F she is. Well, now I just be like, <clears throat> so like even <laughs> there's times where you'll get nurses that be like, Tiara, it's just Dr. Ross. Just call me Dr. Ross. Right. Like now I like kind of just, I just level up. Just call me Dr. Ross. You can't pronounce it. You don't know it. It's Dr. Ross. Not Miss, not Mrs. Dr. Ross. No, nah, thanks. So question, once you became a doctor, I know, I feel like people that don't understand how hard it was to become who you are, they don't understand why people be like, I'm doctor. Like, yeah. Do you feel like you need to address people like, oh, I'm Dr. Ross? No. So Jeez. I'm being honest. I'm like, <laughs> No, I really don't. Don't let me get married. <laughs> Mrs. Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Mrs. Shit. You gonna throw that in there, goddamn. <laughs> I don't. So, like, it's funny because even in our workout class, one girl's about to have, like, an asthma attack, and our workout instructor was like, Dr. Ross in the building. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, like, for me, not on duty. Not on duty. Hold on, hold on. I don't like people, I don't like people knowing my title, and then oh, I'll be honest, like, girls, like, women, let's be real, let's just break it down. Black females sometimes be envious, or yeah. just females in general. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Females in general be envious. It doesn't matter. So then I got to deal with the compete, the competing or comparison. And I don't got time with that when I'm just a chill female. Mm. And then also with men, men got an underlining meaning or goals into, you know, mm. things that they're trying to do. You know, we do. can talk about that right so, now. Yeah, let's unpack it. <laughs> so with that, let's be real. Like there's a lot of men I have met just being real in Houston, Texas. So I came here in a relationship, been single for about a year and a half, almost two years. And Bro, there's guys like, oh, I'm going to see. Every time I meet a guy, I realize they're like, I'm going to upgrade to this Mercedes. I'm going to upgrade to this Audi. I'm going to upgrade by this house. Two years later. Like, <laughs> what's that one TikTok? Then do it. Right. <laughs> and they don't. And so with that, I realized men flex. Men will lie to me and tell Absolutely. me their status is different. Absolutely. Their income is different. They're and, intimidated. Yeah. And so I have to wait. And I'm being honest. I make them go on expensive day. I'm like, okay, then we we going to go to steakhouses. Yep. So I'm going to make you spend out yep. a $400 hold on, hold on, day. Hold on. Yep. I can contest to that one because <laughs> she'd be like, no, we're eating here. <laughs> and this is what I'm wearing. So you need to wear this. <laughs> No, for real, because you're not. I love it though. I love it though. Like she demands respect and her attention. Like she knows what she wants. She doesn't like, oh, like shy away from. Maybe you know, I don't. I don't want to come off as too high maintenance. No, I. I paid the cost to be the boss. Yeah. Now you either need to meet me here or elevate my style because I ain't got time. Because there is somebody that can elevate your style. So yeah. Pro athlete or rappers, hey. (laughs) If you're watching, no. (laughs) Not keep it. Wait a minute. Not the rapper that lives in the basement of your mom's house. We're not 
talking to you. Or please the one that take that apply. <laughs> or the ones who take back Bentleys after you give it to me. That's disrespectful, okay? That's an Indian giver. We don't do that. Once you give me a present, it is my present. It is mine. Look. Period. Well, what rapper was that that ended up giving Quavo. somebody a... Quavo. Quavo. No, no, no. He ended up giving a girl um, a really, really nice car. And I think like three days later, she sold that bitch. That would have been me, okay? Yeah. You ain't gonna take shit back. Hey, y'all hear when Ice-T was going through that divorce with his wife and he tried to take her, his titties back that he bought? <laughs> no, he did not. No, he, he did not. How? He, I mean, he didn't get... They stayed together. But like he went to the judge and asked if he can get his titties back. <laughs> Okay, but again, at least I'm crying in a Bentley instead of like you know a Nissan. Or like, let's be honest, I'd rather cry in a Bentley than it's a Mercedes. Like, there's levels to there. So. I'd rather cry in a Bentley than a, on a bike. Okay, period. <laughs> Some niggas don't even have a car. Though. I'd rather cry in a penthouse than to be on the fifth floor. Okay. Oh. Ooh. Damn, I want a seven. <laughs> to it. Say we're moving on. <laughs> so how is, so, so question. So we had this conversation one time. Explain this to me. You marry for the first time for money and the second time for love. Explain that theory to me. All right. I would think uh, it would be the other way around. I thought it was the first, like when, cause when you're 20, you fall in love, like, oh, and you right. get married and then you like, fuck this. Yeah. The first time for money. married for money. So that's no, what first like, time's for money. Second time's for love. But that's why I really? wanted her to explain it to me. So it wasn't mine. It was one of my girlfriends. I saw her Instagram. Don't kill me, Amber. Um, but she <laughs> basically. her out. <laughs> I do. I Amber, like, I'm going <laughs> Make sure you like, subscribe. I'm sorry. She's savage though too. Isn't she anesthesiologist? Y'all would love her. Okay. Champion too. HBCU. Okay, love we her. We're here for it. Yes. Um, but she said something like, first is for her. I guess her brother or her had a conversation and not where they came up with and I kind of honestly agree with it because what I have seen in my experience is the first is for money you make sure you establish you get that kids you can get that alimony you can make sure you good you set up and then when you done you know it ain't gotta be the second marriage it could just be the second lifelong partnership you know just to not interfere with alimony money you know so then you got your child support and alimony money and now you got the bum that you really love that wants to be the rapper in the basement of your mama's you know I'm never going back if I had a nigga paying my bills I am not fucking nobody that's who's it Melinda Gates which one or who's the one is she with a high school teacher now yeah she could buy everything she don't need it because also I realized the more money men get it is sometimes a Napoleon complex narcissism that goes on and so it's like I could deal with that to worry about child support and my kids being stable for the rest of their lives but to have to deal with that for the rest of my life that's why a lot of people do get divorced by the time the motherfuckers turn 18 all right I'm, 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 right, you I'm, said I'm your college fund set bet. Now I can go have fun, but yes. then I feel like y'all old and wrinkly, and you gotta kind of gotta settle for. But it depends. That's why I thought that a lot of people get married if they get married young. I think now you have a lot of common sense. You have a lot more sense than you did when you were probably mm-hmm. twenty. Mm-hmm. So imagine getting married at twenty twenty one. You probably are getting married for love. Right. Then that shit wears off, and then it's like you know what? Fuck this. Next time I get married, this motherfucker gotta be fucking balling. That's true. I agree. And I feel like I, I've i been single so long. Like, you got a minimum requirement for me. So man, man. At this point. Period. And but, I'm not going to congratulate you for shit that you're supposed to be doing. But I got a car. But I got a job. But I got a house over my, a roof over my head. Nigga, you supposed to. You 38. Listen, speaking of that, the one that say, uh, I, I, I watched my daughter. I paid child support. You're That's supposed your to do child. that. <laughs> I hate when people say I'm babysitting my kid. You're not babysitting your kid. You're watching your child. God dang. No, it's so tiring. Dang. Okay, so speaking of minimum requirements, now that you're in the position that you're in, what's your minimum requirement? Oh, Lord, get ready for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Zoom in on 
Honor, please. Zoom in on her. What is your thought? We'll say top five. Minimum? Well, one, finances is definitely top. Like, I, you, and that might sound really wrong, but no, I'm being honest. Like, if I can afford a certain lifestyle, I can go on vacations, I can do what I want to do, you want to make this certain amount. Because right. one thing I realized, me as a woman who is more alpha female, you're going to have to be more alpha male than me. In order to show me up... Finance kind of shut me up, okay? okay. Otherwise, I really don't. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> big bank take a little bank. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> big bank mean good, big little big bank. I mean, not starting out with the 200s. I want the three to 400,000s, okay? <laughs> Amen. Energy. okay? So, money is one. College educated is another. And not to be mean, but it's also just my environment, who I work with and who I'm around you got to be able to hold conversations. Facts. You got to be able to understand certain things. Now, if you're very well, ed like you're, um, if you're really smart, and you can communicate well, then that's, uh, you know, you're the exception. But for right. the most part, it takes for you to be college educated, to get some experience, to be able to articulate well and to be able to hold conversations with people. Especially around a bunch of arrogant ass doctors. Not not you, but like I know, because mm. we all work in healthcare. And we know some doctors can become, mm. come off as very arrogant. I remember I had um, one plastic surgeon. He was like, I know she didn't just say that to me with her one degree. And I was just like, was that necessary? <laughs> I was that necessary. I, I'm talking to a one degree man who makes millions. But so. what I'm saying is like one degree don't that, so wasn't that person would need to be exactly. intelligent yeah. and able to articulate himself like like you said yeah. in that room or in that crowd because it can become very intimidating when you're not used to being around people with those mentalities. So I totally get it. Yeah. What else? So of course God fearing. That is like number one after the money. <laughs> Money is number one. It's like asterisks. Money. <laughs> <laughs> one God. Anything else underneath. These are pluses at this God, point. God's favorite richness. God fearing. Because I just have someone who has to feel my energy. Like, yeah. I can't go to someone who's just like, well, the spirits told you you're okay. And I'm like, no, you're going to have to throw a little bit of a quote at me. You got to give me a Bible, you know, scripture. It's you have to feed how I can feed myself in order to help motivate me or rejuvenate me or get me out right, of a hard right, time. Right. Um, what are else's college money? So he could be ugly as no, hell. No, money college. So money, I mean, I mean, uh, so wait, for looks, I'm not big on looks. And that's being real. I'm going to tell you a story. So I used to tell them in undergrad, I like them. Um, How do you like them? This dark and crispy and ugly. <laughs> I like mine medium ugly. And I don't need everybody looking at my man because I, I don't need everybody on but my man. But actually in undergrad, I had the least experience. Like I had the best experiences. I always had great Valentine's Day. I never had to deal with cheating, mm. any insecurity. When I start messing with some pretty boy Kappas is when I was just like, Jesus, do you want the Jamaican to the Jamaican in me to come out? Do you want me to kill somebody? And so I honestly really am getting off of looks because you be real. We're going to all get old and wrinkly. I feel like nowadays guys feel like the better they look, True. the more they want to play around. And ain't nobody got time for you to have to take out your own insecurities and dealt things that you haven't dealt with through therapy on me. How and then I transferred on to my kids. Hold on. Hold on. I know because all of y'all are pretty. So y'all done dated an ugly nigga before and he done got a boost of confidence and started talking shit. Oh, yeah. Like he's that yeah. nigga. And you like, hold on. Hold on, baby. I was being I nice. can open up my inbox right now <laughs> and be like, <laughs> I'm done. She's like, go look in the mirror. Like, is this nigga really talking to me? Damn, what I do? Am I that ugly at this point? I know this nigga. Does. The audacity is at an all-time high. Oh, it's audacity is at an all-time high. First off. 
So okay, so he gotta have money and love the Lord. Well, hold on, hold on. He gotta have money and love the Lord. <laughs> That's basically okay, it. Hold on. <laughs> and be educated. This is, that's really it. this is the thing that I always thought too. I said I like a medium ugly, not all the way ugly, because I be trying to think of my future kids. You're right. I ain't gonna set my baby up for failure because I'm out here looking for an ugly baby. Have with you the ever like seen two other people make a cute baby though? Have I seen two ugly people make a baby? Make a I don't know. What a time. Wait, but she not ugly. Y'all not ugly. What you right, that's about? what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess because we're not ugly. But I'm, what I'm saying is And my general, daughter daddy ain't no, ugly. Okay. So I'm like, what I'm saying in general is that, like, I feel like ugly men, they they don't really play away. Like, they just, just I don't know. Like, I've seen two ugly people make gorgeous baby. I've seen a cute person, an ugly person make baby. Honestly, I feel like I don't worry about my looks of my kid. I know that sounds so bad, but I'm a pediatrician. I really don't. Oh, yeah. And not, yeah, and not yeah. saying it's like, I think my kids are going to come out like, you know. Because I still, I am a pediatrician, so I do look at. I look at features. I look I'll at features well, look at and then, features. then and then features. I know features align with certain di- diagnoses. So trust me, my, my okay. I be looking at people being like, oh, girl, I went on a date one time and a nigga could not. He kept looking this way every time we talking, and I'm like, you got Twitter account? So I'm like, why do you keep looking off? So then I guess he thought his mind like, okay, let me start looking at her. He had a fucking wandering eye. Oh, never went on another date because I was just like, I'm. Can't do it. Yeah. Oh, so we no. went to brunch. <laughs> we went to brunch the other day, and I ain't gonna name who, but they was like, "Not this bartender looking like he got dysmorphic some <laughs> features." I said, "What?" <laughs> that person was so rude. They knew better than to say that. First of all, but then- <laughs> that person who said that was so mean to say that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I don't. I am consciously aware of babies' features, yeah. but. Honestly, as a pediatrician, I've seen kids that come out premature, like 23, 24 weeks. All I really do care about is a baby that comes out healthy, that has Mm -hmm. two ears, you know, two eyes, nose that's patent, mouth that actually works, stomach that works, heart that's beating. Like, that's crazy. But when you start to see so many kids that are born with unfortunate circumstances... I don't even care about the looks. I care about if my man mm. treats me like I'm an amazing person, he makes sure that I'm loved and I'm cared for. Because I know people now, right now, who are pregnant and their husbands are treating them like dogs. Mm-hmm. So he could be the ugliest thing and I don't care. As long as you treat me like I'm amazing and I'm God's gift to this earth because I am. And as long as our kids come out healthy and you treat them like the best father you could ever do, then I don't care. I'd hate to have to whoop a bitch ass for calling my husband ugly. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's going to ugly. I'll right. show you ugly. So, I, see, oh, see what you want to see ugly? I'd be like, ugly got me this Tesla. Ugly. You ain't lying. Shit. What's that? What's I that? Ain't that night, though. No, Makes my man ain't cheating on me with so and so down the block. You see, that's when I would go in. I would oh, go in. But lying. time out. What's that one light skin like? Like Leah Gavon or something? Delor- I forgot her name, but like. She's light skin. No, she's the older. She's like forty in her forties, and her husband or her baby daddy is an, an NBA player, and he's dark skin. And the kids came out dark skin with coarse hair, and she's always making these rude ass comments, uh, like like about, about her own kids, about oh, their hair is it and stuff. Lisa Galore, that, yeah. what, whatever her One name is. Yeah, that was Gavon. Like, like, Gavon. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she's in Matt Burns' like first wife sister. I sisters, think like so. That, yeah. yeah, and she just really disrespects her kids, oh. and so I think if, if for some people, if you know that you're gonna be a shitty mom, because let me tell you something. 
everybody. Your kids pay attention to how their moms treat them. Absolutely. Then I think you need to, that's something you need to be upfront about. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, it's important instead of just saying he needs to have money and be of this type of status. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she felt like her future will outbeat them. I mean, I mean, or outweigh them. I don't care. I mean, honestly, she she had a kid cause she thought that was going to keep that nigga. That's what happened. We, we talked about that before too. Yeah. Motherfuckers don't really be wanting these kids. They wanted the bag. And then here comes a kid. Now you hate the kid because you lost the nigga. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that because it's like some there are some fucked up people who just like they don't want any features of that ugly ass man or these people on social media this is not really going off topic i guess because you're a pediatrician but do you see these men and i think it irritates me more when i see men do it that are like hyper sexualizing these little kids and they'll post a random ass little girl that's like two or three or an infant and be like oh look at this beautiful baby this is gonna be my baby look at that pretty hair and those pretty eyes what you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. that, sh- that shit is sick to me. Like to me, that that says what is wrong with you and your self esteem? What had what has happened in your childhood or throughout your life that someone has said things to you that you feel like certain features are prettier than others? Yeah. Like to me, literally when people say things like that, it's a reflection of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what happened in your household? Who told you you were ugly? Who told you you were not loved? Because that's all that matters. Like that's right. what it is. It's unfortunate, but I thought you were gonna talk about who's the little comedian that uh, photoshopped his daughters here. Ooh, it was just today, or are you talking about? Um, uh, 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 He's a light Mike Mike Epps. Yes. yes, and they were in the pool, and he was yeah. like, "Look at my baby's hair." And he photoshopped and did like long. Straight I didn't hair. know it was Photoshop. <clears throat> yeah, her hair is short and curly. Now wow. that bugged my nerves because I'm you're trying to say that your daughter's features are not pretty, and that's unfortunate because your daughter is probably at an age where she could barely walk and talk by herself. So I could imagine what <clears throat> she's going to grow up to encounter in that household mm-hmm. even if it is aka let's be real that black people like to say oh i'm just joking no let's be real black families love to make little subtle jabs yeah. at each other say i'm joking but it's truly how you feel and that's the scary and the sad part so i have a question so if you're if you're seeing a patient and they're like ta- they're saying negative things to their children do you ever just say hey you know like watch out on that stuff because now that mental health is such a bigger thing in our time. community i literally be like like I do not have a problem. Like if you're calling your daughter, let's for instance, like saying your daughter's fat, I'm like do not say that in front of me. And like, I literally have said to a parent, mm. you wish you saying your household is cool, but when I'm right here in front of you, we're gonna be respectful. We're gonna teach manners. You don't, you know what I mean. You don't want her to say that about you. You will not say that about her. And on top of that, I do bring up mental health, and I'm saying, mm. and I tell parents all the time, what you say to your kids. And I'm a 30-year-old, and I give them an example. Like, my mom, I remember I was probably like 10 or 11. She told me, she was like, whatever you want to do in life, I got your back. And literally, 30 years old, I still remember that. And that is why, like, throughout med school, anything that happened, I was like, oh, my mom got my back. My dad got my back. Like, it doesn't matter who don't have my back, who don't like me, who don't want to talk to me, how many friends I lose, how many relationships I get in and out. My parents got my back. Right. Yeah. But they don't realize that. And so I've actually had to say to parents, like, hey, I remember this when I was like 11 or 10. You have to remember this, that whatever you say, it does hold hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it does hold to them. And just another example, when I was, um, just made me think about, like, my Bible study group, like, last year, right before COVID hit, there was one time that we all started talking about things that we remember our families, our family members said about us that triggered. And there was like a lawyer in there and a whole bunch of successful nurses and doctors. And we all could remember someone saying something negative to us in our childhood that mm-hmm. still penetrated us as an adult. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that. So I am big. I, I give examples. I'm very transparent. I'm also like, that's fine what you say in your household. But when you're around me and I come in this room. You know, I, I love, love it. My daughter being <laughs> nine now, she'll be 10 in December. Aww. Her dad used to say little things like, and I don't know if he still does, I hope he doesn't, but, ooh, your hair is nappy. Look at your hair, and it was just her afro. You know, my baby got long hair, it's Beautiful curly. hair. Oh, your hair is nappy. Where your mama at? Tell your mama she need to do your hair. 
I didn't say it in front of her, but I'm like, look, Amen. stop saying stuff like that to her. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, my daughter's dark skin. She already going to get that Thank in you in school. Thank you. She's already going to get, you got nappy hair in school. The last place she needs to hear any of that shit from is from her father. Thank Not you. even just at home, mm-hmm. but the one man that she's going to look up to mm-hmm. for her idea of what a man is supposed to be or what love is supposed to be, you're speaking negative things about the one thing that she loves. She loves to wear her afro. She loves her hair. And the one thing that she loves that she probably hasn't expressed to you is something that you're making negative. Mm -hmm. You got to, even little stuff, and he'll tell me, oh, you tripping. I'm not tripping. No. I'm a a woman that was a little girl that Mm -hmm. knows how that feels. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, she may not tell you, but I can look at her when you say shit like that and she just be like, yeah, and I hope does it that does that ever make her not want to wear her natural hair when she goes to her dad? Hell no, because okay. me, okay, well, you so better. beautiful. Amen. And I'm a, every time you with me, you gonna wear that damn afro Amen. and look at your my I, my chocolate princess, my little black girl, my little you know. Mm-hmm. If you pour positive things into your child, Amen. we spoke on that last time. You're yeah, you're absolutely. planting a seed yes. that's gonna grow to be yes. a better person. Mm-hmm. Yes. I kick my baby daddy's ass first off, cause like seriously, like, like no for real, for real. You're not about to talk. Some like, people really I don't, don't, I don't like it. those jabs that everyone, like the black community, like I said, we make it as a joke, but it's really jabs. That's right. uncalled for. It's unnecessary. It's a reflection However, on it's a reflection on their parents. Absolutely, Thank you. yeah, it's a reflection on it's, how he feels about himself. Well, well, or how he, he is. He's a man that was raised by a woman with a sister, and so. If your mom thinks that you should have a perm or your hair should be mm-hmm. curly and should be the, mm-hmm. then you're gonna think that that's right, yes. and then you're gonna bring that onto your kid and so on and so forth. But you mm-hmm. met the right one, mm. absolutely. Amen. Okay, fix that crown book. I'm, 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 right I'm glad y'all stick one. up for these kids, and I'm glad you stick up as a professional, as mm-hmm. a black woman. First, I'm glad that they get to see you. Secondly, I'm glad that you say stuff like, "Hey, yo, chill that shit out," like, and you say it with you're saying assertively so that it's right. like hey I'm not playing don't bring yeah, that absolutely. shit in here and so hopefully they think about it the next time they go into another room with someone else or hell even by themselves like maybe I shouldn't say that to my kid because you know some people don't realize what they're saying mm-hmm. to their kids like pouring yeah, death because if you don't realize something's them. a generational curse yeah. if you don't acknowledge it how are you going to be able to break it and I tell people absolutely. that all the time if you're some people are like oh well my family always did it my mom's moms did it don't make like it even right. people like with periods and like bleeding disorders oh everyone in my family's you know period bleeds like you know for 10 days straight. That's not normal, I've though. I've never had a I mean, yeah, God, but again, damn. if you rate, like, I've had someone say that, but again, if everyone in your family is 10 right, days right, right. or someone's 15, you're just thinking that's just how my family is. Not to be like, well, maybe there's a, a clotting or bleeding disorder that you guys have in this family, mm-hmm. so let's look into this. Right. And so, truthfully, a lot of people really do Sheesh. put a lot of things as, oh, it's just family, yep. but if you don't realize it's a family issue or a generational curse, what is there for you to break? Oh, diabetes and hypertension Everybody runs in my family. Your bad well, no, diet runs in your family. Well, so does chitlins and ham hocks and <laughs> pig's feet, too. Cut that shit out. Oh, look, don't and get me started, goddammit. <laughs> That's why I don't do adults, because I would surely be like, and so does gravestones, okay? okay? So ooh, does gravestones. Ooh. Like, I'm real brutal on it. That's why I cannot, like, kids, you literally, they'd be like, I'm going to change my habits. I'm going to make you so proud, Dr. Ross. I'm going to do this. They're like, so, they're willing to please adults. They want to do it. Adults are like, yeah. Oh, I'm just like, and I work in hospice, so you know they. I'm in do it. Look, I'm coming in here. You're on oxygen. You're smoking cigarettes. You're about to blow us the fuck up. Please put the cigarettes out. I've been smoking for eight or nine years, and I ain't dead yet. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm gonna get up out of here because you're trying to kill me, and I'm only 32. Thank you. Oh, period. Um, so, one more question, and then I want to ask you your whole tip. So, how do you feel about? Can you give us any advice? on what you know about this whole Delta variant thing going on. I hear it's affecting kids, and so what do you know? 
that we because I'm trying to convince some of my friends to start wearing their mask again. You know, masks are mandated. <laughs> I, I, who Abbott? First off, let me not even get onto Texas. Ooh, okay, so let me just say, I was born in Philadelphia, raised in Georgia. Hey. <laughs> I just only been living here in Texas Ooh, for three Texas years. Texas is its own fucking... Okay. It's its own different little island. Because, you know, when we try to tell people because we don't have the credentials, they like, oh, it ain't nothing. But I'm like... Oh, but then they say us, like, we get paid. Like, I get paid <laughs> to tell you to wear your mask. Like, I get every coin from when you put on that paper mask. Somehow yeah. it registering in my account, I get coins. No. <laughs> like, or you get Look, the vaccine I was, and I was then I get a, coins. I was at a hookah lounge last night and um, three people came in with a mask and I was like, let me see how this plays out. Because last time I checked, COVID, upper respiratory, but what do I know? So... <laughs> They're walking in, slowly but surely, the mask comes off and the hookah goes. I'm like, what the fuck? What's the, what's the point? Yeah. You're like literally blowing in and breathing and Thank in. you. I like, was just like, I'm done. I'm, uh, go home. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, what do you have? Not that, uh, yes, we are outside, but I, we've also, we recently got tested for COVID to make sure we didn't have it. Absolutely. And like when I go into grocery stores, I wear my mask again because like there are elderly people and mm-hmm. there are kids. I don't see kids. Absolutely. So like I'm when I'm in those spaces, I do wear my mask. So like what? Like, could you give us, like, a quick little update or something? So, we are still learning about the Delta variant, but what we do know is that it's highly more contagious and highly more deadly. Um, So, to be honest, they think they put it as contagious as spreading to close to chicken pox. So, y'all understand, like, chicken pox, it used to be, like, you just touch, in a Mm -hmm. sense, and then you get it. Um, And then also, it's more deadly. I know that I had to finish residency a little bit later than my colleagues, so when I left done with residency i saw about three or four people that are kids that had COVID. one was one was a previous like just got extubated maybe a couple of days ago and, and went from the icu to the floor and i remember just seeing her and i was like hey how are you doing any special requests for me let people know what that means extubated. yeah extubated. oh so that means when you're hooked up to an intub you're intubated to a ventilator they're mm-hmm. helping your lungs breathe for you so you're completely sedated you're not mm-hmm. awake we're helping you breathe and so we had to take her take the tube out of her throat which is extubating so x ex- so taking out of exiting the tube out the throat and when I asked her, like, any requests that she have or anything I could help her with, she was like, honestly, I'm great. I just want the vaccine before I leave here. And mm-hmm. that's, a, I'm, I'm a pediatrician. So she was under 18. And mm-hmm. she said that in the hospital. And I was like, are you okay? And she was like, no. And I was like, is mom, this, like, her mother's in room. I was like, she vaccinated? She was like, yes. And she was like, my sister's at home and has really bad cyst, cyst, um, symptoms. My dad's at home, but he's vaccinated. And mom and dad didn't have no symptoms. And so what I tell people is, of course, with the vaccine, you can get COVID. You still can spread it to other people. But I literally seen a mother who was in the room with the daughter the whole time she was in the hospital. And the mom was sleeping perfectly, had no symptoms and was vaccinated versus her daughter who was unvaccinated and had to be on a ventilator to help her breathe. So for me, I say Delta variant is where I think we're going to honestly have another shutdown. I think we'll have to go through quarantine again. And we'll have to get a higher number of vaccines. Everyone our vaccinations vaccinated people um everyone's gonna have to go back to wearing masks and we're gonna have to probably you know start cutting i don't think texas is gonna cut restaurants just being honest because our governor's mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah if away. y'all don't know who our governor is he's in a wheelchair his name is and this is not <laughs> Why even she do that? <laughs> because if you look at the comments a lot of people call him roll away hot wheels how you gonna stand up for your people you can't stand up for yourself i say that to say that greg abbott will get up and crip walk before he shuts everything down oh amen no he, he really is about will. them dollars period yeah so we gotta do he's literally trying to find people for making it mandatory to come in with a mask or making it mandatory to show that you're vaccinated if you got federal dollars yes like a ppp loan or any any loan that you got to keep your business open, you cannot put, you must wear a mask. Yep. 
You That's cannot crazy. put show your vaccination papers because you got federal money. And in Texas, now it's illegal to do that. And let's be it's honest, last time I knew was probably about a week and a half ago when I left the hospital, one of the ones in the Texas Medical Center. I had to literally, <clears throat> unfortunately, argue the EC down about a patient who had like mental health issues because I was like, I need the floors closer to me, the rooms for people who are on oxygen, because right now I know how bad it is with like respiratory infections and COVID with kids. And so I don't argue to be like, hey, we can accept this patient, but you need to keep them in the ER or you take them over to a different building because I literally needed the patients who needed to be on oxygen closest to me. Our hospitals are literally almost at capacity. I believe a majority of hospitals in the medical center are close to 80%. They are. People are not realizing that, like, this is really, really, really bad. And the thing about it is before everyone's like, oh, COVID's not that bad because it's Mm -mm. affecting older kids. I mean, older adults. It is affecting kids. That is the part that if nothing doesn't get you to feel sympathetic or want to change anything, imagine a kid who is two years old fighting a brief because you decided to go out. That is just, that I could never live with myself. Yeah. So. Now, see, being in healthcare, it's it's unfortunate. Um, I would you're a frontliner. I oh, would cons- thank God I ain't got to work until the end of October. But if y'all keep playing around with COVID, I'm push back my start date. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider oh, no. myself a middle liner. I'm not going to say a frontliner because I do still have to go in hospitals. I still have to go to patients' houses and stuff like that. But it's really unfortunate that I do see people that are saying, oh, no, we don't want to shut things down and we don't want to do this and we don't want to do that. But then in the, in the same breath, we'll say, I can't wait until unemployment uh, runs out so y'all can come back to work. To work for somebody for $8 or $10 an hour to wipe a ass or to clean a table or something like that, not knowing what you're going to bring back to your house. Exactly. Not, like, that what if somebody not- really does take COVID seriously? Like, you're, like, I'm talking about doesn't go shopping, doesn't go to the grocery store, nothing. Mm-hmm. But you want them to come to work. Like, exactly. is that, does that say anything about this country? And I had a coworker because I had started going back into the office. Op- Nobody's in my office, but it's easier for me because y'all don't know me. My attention span is fucking short. <laughs> so <laughs> I, got, I went back to the office and, like, they had switched a lot of people's. Some teams are back and they switched a lot of people's um, names around. And I was like, where's such and such at? And they were like, oh, she died from COVID. And I was like, oh, my God. Shit. Like, this is real. It's yeah. not a joke. And it, if I knew it was affecting older people. But now that it's affecting kids and kids, I'm sorry, none of them have had, we all had a great childhood. None of us had to wear a mask. I mean, we went through the whole 9 11 shit, but like we didn't have to like stay away from our friends for a whole almost two years now. So, like, I think it's something I'm trying to convince people to start putting their mask back on when they're in public spaces. It's not, it doesn't hurt you. It literally does not hurt you. Like, you're not doing nothing. Now, if you're at a hookah bar, it's different. Everybody's together. But like, when you're in spaces where there are kids and older people, please. Like Toya got Toya got on me went to the grocery store. She's like, I really wish you would wear a mask because you're not feeling well. <laughs> and and it hit me. I was like, shit. Like I'm acting yeah. like one of those people. Let me put my mask on. So absolutely. Yeah. If y'all could just do y'all little part. Can I just say one little thing? Last thing though, absolutely. beyond just like the patients that deal with COVID. Let's be real. Healthcare providers are tired. Mm-hmm. Like I talked to a medical colleague just yesterday, and she's doing her residency in the ER, and she's like, she's traumatized. Because her whole residency experience has been with COVID. Mm. She is tired. She doesn't even want to do this anymore, basically. And so y'all not understanding. It's not just, you know, affecting the general population. The the doctors, the nurses, the janitors, the people who are, uh, what is it, sanitizing all the rooms and cleaning out everything in the mm-hmm. ER and the trauma base. They are mentally, we are men- mentally, physically, emotionally tired. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are not realizing that, that you're not just affecting everyone around you, you're affecting healthcare providers. Right. And if we're tired and we're going to quit, you're going to be a shortage already, mm-hmm. that we're ready, there's already been a shortage of doctors and nurses. There's yep. been. 
but you're now going to get a bigger shortage. Mm -hmm. And so people have to take that into consideration that if you're not doing it for your own loved ones, you ain't going to do it for kids. Can y'all please do it for us? Like yeah. someone in a category, you got to have some feelings for. And if not, then you just heartless a little bit to me. Yeah. But we're tired. Like, I know that's why I'm excited that I'm getting a breakdown and I'm not working until the end of October because I can breathe. But I literally was telling my colleagues when I was leaving residency, um, some of the third years and second years, I was like, I feel bad for you guys because this is about to be really bad. And for the people who just started residency, they are hitting the ground running because the hospitals are as booked as if it was a winter time because we have so many winter infections yep. right oh. now. Like, literally, it is winter respiratory infections are mm. all in the hospital right now. Jeez. And so, like, people are fatigued. We're really burned out. We're tired. And what y'all want to get now is a more deficit of physicians and nurses. Yeah. What are y'all going to do when there's no one I can answer you? And I already you? know that, look, if, if you open up your eyes and ride through the medical center, open up your eyes, now hiring, looking for RNs, looking for CNAs, yes. looking for LVNs, looking for this. But you know what that, that came from? Banners. Because nobody wants to. They're but, tired. But also the nurses. I'm sorry. This is the year of the nurse. The travel nurse. They not going back to Amen. working full time. Oh, they're they're traveling. Because they was getting that bag. So that's also another thing. Like, well, what's unfortunate with traveling? Well, that's a whole nother story because I work in the hospitals and it's unfortunate for, for case managers because travel nurses really don't give a shit. Oh they, no! They're absolutely here for the bag. Not. Right. They're here to do their job. Yeah. They really don't yeah, care. They don't care they about get the fuck out. The case like managers that. are just like they're burnt out. Like it's a whole yeah, it's a up. effect. But mm -hmm. what's the whole tip? Yeah. Who's okay. So yeah, tip? let's let's get back to. I'm sorry. That was a transition. Was a <laughs> <laughs> we needed that though. Hopefully, yeah. they shall think a little bit. Yeah. So I'm gonna let you. Do you want to start or do you want to end? Because I'll like, end. Let me okay. My mind. My whole tip, because when we started this podcast, um, I told Toya, I said, I want to do something where we are both professional women and we're black women and we love to turn up and have a good time. But we also, you know, are about our business. And I said my resolution for 2021 was not code switching anymore. I'm showing up as who I am, Taylor Reynolds. Um, and I say shit all the time that's probably inappropriate but guess what I do it I do a good job of whatever the fuck I do bitch you doing a good job bitch <laughs> you doing a good job and so <laughs> and so I wanted to say I wanted to remind you guys as we enter the end of the summer or uh, the end of a hot girl summer to keep doing you showing up in those spaces inspiring people um and stop code switching because yeah we still some real niggas <laughs> <laughs> damn yes, um I like it let me see uh, my whole tip is going to be, you know, um, fuck niggas, get money. Amen. <laughs> I'm here for that. Amen. <laughs> like that. No correlation. <laughs> no. Look for the bag first, then let the other shit fall, like she said. The Ma asterisks fall under the bag, okay? Make sure he got money and he love the Lord. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that is important, though. <laughs> love the Lord got money. <sighs> what is mine? Mine's I want it to be slightly empowering. I'm going to do a slightly different. It doesn't matter what a man's status or title is. Don't ever let him bring down your status or your title, ladies, okay? Don't ever let him knock down your crown. So I don't care if he got a million dollars. He taught you disrespectfully, you better disrespect him back. You know, so just always not let someone knock down your crown, no matter what their money or status, title, whatever they are, you are cool. Amen. Yes. When they go low, you go to hell, okay? Hello. Oh, who you telling? You, you, you go like left eye. You burn down the sub. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so, um, bye! Bye! bye. <laughs>